do not stop. Except for yoga and meditation. I am big on exercise and yoga is my only space where I'm able to quiet my mind sufficiently to regroup. It's also after yoga when I come with my best ideas. There's a big joke in my office that every time Amanda goes on a holiday, she comes yeah. back with a new business. And they're all terrified. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I only just recently came back from a holiday and everyone was sitting on the edge of their chairs. Yeah. What has she done now? I'll buy domain names while I'm on holidays <laughs> and it no, pings no, no. back to accounts. Bing, bing, bing. And she's like, no. I like to have my fingers in many pies. I like to be thinking. I like to be problem solving. Yes. Maybe that's why I'm a lawyer. New adventures are exciting. Collaborating with other people is exciting. Yeah, Come to me with ideas, I say, <laughs> and let's do it together. Welcome to Getting to the Heart of Business, brought to you by The Online Co., where we believe the best way to help small and medium business grow is by putting people first. I'm James Parnwell, and our guest this week is the unstoppable Amanda Little. She's a lawyer with degrees in both law and advertising who heads up a thriving law firm in Western Sydney called Amanda Little & Associates. Amanda's won awards for her work, and as you just heard, she's a highly creative thinker who never stops generating new ideas. Jess Caluso is my co-host. G'day, Jess. Hey, James. Tell me, Jess, do you like gelato? I love gelato. <laughs> Why are you asking me this? Yeah. What's your favourite flavour? Oh, I'm a bit of a mango, sort of. I'm a, I like the fruits, the tropical fruits. Okay, so when you get up to the front of the shop and there's all those choices, what's the selection process? Oh, it starts most likely with colour. Right. So you like bright colours? Yeah, you like... yeah, bright colours. Okay. Sort of, I go, oh, that, that's looking fresh and vibrant. And then oh, what sort of mood am I in today? Is it a mango mood or a strawberry <laughs> mood? We were at a gelato place with my sister and her husband and her five children. And they all got up to the front and then there's all these choices. And they're all under 10, I think. One of them said, oh, can I have a taste of that one? And so we started doing tasters. And then the child number two wanted a taste, child number three. They went through all five a couple of times. Meanwhile, there's this massive queue of people forming behind us like, hurry up. I, I think a creative business person can get paralysed by too many choices. If you've got a lot of ideas, you can end up getting paralysed. What's unique, I think, about Amanda is that she's got all these ideas, she doesn't get paralysed, she's able to kind of storm through and go and make it happen. She's a, a really inspiring, really fun. I just enjoyed chatting with her. The chat started well before the podcast. It kept going for another half hour afterwards. She's now in charge of you know a thriving law practice as well as mentoring other lawyers in how to run their business. Uh, but to get to where she is today, she's had to break through all sorts of glass ceilings and brick walls. Uh, she's a leader, she's an innovator and a rule breaker in all the best ways. I think you'll find her really inspiring. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, that was very impressive. <laughs> Pretty sure that wasn't about me, but thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Tell us about your business, paint a picture. What is uh, so, a day in the life of Amanda Little & Associates? Amanda Little & Associates is an extremely busy workplace. Um, it's go, go, go. There's never a dull day, every day's different. Everything's always under the pump. We're a pretty dynamic law firm. We're what I would refer to as a new age law firm. So we use a lot of technology. We connect with Great. clients on lots of different levels that the older practices don't utilize. So we're all about making it easier for our clients to access legal services at a time that suits them and so that they feel like they're getting really good customer service. Not only doing a great job, yes. but also doing it yeah, in a way that they feel like they're valued. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So you've come a long way in eight years. You yes. weren't always as refined and doing no. as well as you are now. No, so eight years ago, I had my little pocket of savings and I opened a business and I sat in a chair and waited for the phone to ring and I didn't have a single client. So I left a really well paying job on the whim and thought, I'm gonna do this at the behest of my family. And um, from that point forward, it's really been quite a significant and regular increase. I've always known that if you deliver good products and you're good at your job, yes. that people will tell people and they'll come back. And we have a saying, I'd rather 100 happy clients than one. So yeah. I'd rather do the job really well at a really good price for 100 people than do, do it and charge one person a lot of money. So I think that's why we've been so successful and growing so quickly. No marketing is good as doing a good job, is it? 100%. Yeah, best way to go forward. That is true. You said you left your job on a whim. Hmm. Was it just woke up one morning and said, oh, I'm off? Because well, it's a big step. It right? is, it Scary. is. For many, many years, I was a bit disillusioned with law and I was in academia for a while. So I lectured at the University of Western Sydney for quite a long time um, while working as a lawyer. So I did that because I thought maybe I wanted to go into academia. Uh, worked out after a little while that that wasn't my true passion either. And, you know, as often people do, people who care about me said, you know what? go and do it yourself. And I thought, I will. And that's basically where the idea came from. I have a marketing background, so I have an advertising background, so I have a really good idea of business, structures, branding, all of those kind of things. So um, from the very outset, I already knew where we were gonna be, who our target market was. I'd done all my research, I knew where we were going. So it was a matter of getting that all lined up and ready to go and then opening the firm. Right, so you studied marketing and law. Yes, I have an advertising degree. Right. Very unusual, yes. Yeah, well that's quite, that's yes. quite a mixture. And I think when people think of a lawyer, uh, they probably think of a stuffy looking dude on a bus who looks a bit angry um, and that is so not you. I get that all the time. Right. <laughs> all the time. From a pure marketing perspective, you have a USP straight up. Well, look, one thing I saw was there was a huge hole in the market here where we are in Western Sydney. Specialist family law firms exist in Parramatta and they exist in the city, but in Western Sydney, it's all generalist firms. And I saw this and I thought, there is a sweet spot to hit here that no right. one's quite hitting. Also, additionally, um, this particular area, being law, is very male dominated. So there's not a lot of firms at the time when I started that females were heading and pushing, especially out in Western Sydney. So that was an opportunity as well, a point of difference. Yeah, okay, so there's a, there's a unique gap in the market. There was. As well as you being you. I've known you for a couple of years now, and mm. you're the type who has four new business ideas before breakfast. Correct. So <laughs> I think that's unusual in a lawyer as well. Yeah. Are a lot of lawyers kind of very detailed reading language, you know, to make sure the clauses are correct and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Is that you? <sighs> really good question. I used to think of myself as a lawyer, and now I think of myself as a business person and a lawyer. And okay. they're different hats that I interchange on a daily basis. So running a business is very different from doing law. Um, and I help a lot of other lawyers in their businesses. And that's the main issue most lawyers have is they're really, really good at their jobs of being a lawyer, but it's very difficult for them to realize that running a law firm 
as a business, any business is yeah. a different skill set completely. completely. Yeah. And, and getting someone to realize, wait a minute, just because I know the legislation inside and out does not automatically mean my law firm will be successful because no. there's lots of different things that need to be considered to run a successful business. Like customer service. Exactly. Yeah, you may know the law inside out and be unfriendly and that's where it stops. Yeah, well, can I tell you, my experience <laughs> is most of the Western Sydney practitioners are pretty amazing, yeah. really collegiate bunch. Um, and I've had really good experiences with nearly everybody. Yeah, great. Um, so I have like a mentoring business where I help people grow their businesses or get them off the ground, specifically law firms. And the main issue that I work with people when it comes to mentoring is the actual business aspects. It's not about the product that they deliver. It's more about pitching their product, okay. working out their human resources, right. looking at their business structure, business plans or marketing plans, all of those kind of things. Right. So there's several hats and you mentioned yes. a number of them, yeah. HR, marketing, financial management. Who, who doesn't hate HR? <laughs> Let's be honest. We, we, we have a consultant we consult with to help us with that. Yeah. It's, yes. uh, um, yeah, there's all those challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, strategy, vision, and then there's the actual job. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. There's <laughs> one hat of maybe eight. You, you mentioned that people in your world were saying, telling you to pursue your passion. Mm. That's really wonderful advice. And I, I wonder if, well, firstly, it's hard to sometimes pinpoint that passion when you're young. Then if you've got a job that's paying well, it's sometimes difficult to have the courage to step out. It is. How did you find that passion? It turns out what I actually love doing is running a business. Right. It turns out that that's actually what I'm really passionate about. I thought it was the law, which I do love as well. Yeah. And I love looking after my clients and I like helping families because that's what we do. We help families. But... I love the hat of being a business person and there was a point a few years into the business where I realized that to grow a business you need to step out of doing the work and step okay. into running the business because yes. if you're so busy working in a business how can you grow it how can you take That's the time exactly to properly right. grow your business and when I made that realization I also realized that that was what my passion was and then when I saw other people who were struggling I wanted to help them yeah especially lawyers and I wanted to help them with all the mistakes I've made, here's all the things I've done wrong so that you don't do them. Yeah. Learn from me. Yeah. And then you end up hiring people who are potentially better at the law than you and you empower them to do great work. Yes. And look after the bits that they're not good at and yep. you round each other out. Yeah. Tell me about your first hiring experience. So my first hire um, was a beautiful lady I'd worked with before. Her name is Libby um, and she was my receptionist. And she was like a, a mother to me. She took care wow. of me. She bought me my cup of tea with my biscuits. Um, so she was a great hire for my first hire because she was a wonderful support in a cheer squad. Yes. Um, from that point forward, each hire became different and I hired for different reasons. She made a big difference to when I first opened. She made me feel like I was invincible and I could do anything. Wow. She had so, so much belief in me that I started to believe in me a little bit because right. she'd be she like, you've got you. this. And I'd think, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. That first high is very important. It is. Get that one wrong and maybe you're back out <laughs> of the whole thing. I've process. heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said you'd worked with her before. So you hired a known quantity. I did. You didn't hit the classifieds. You didn't. Not for my first. And that's really great if I, I didn't either. I mm -hmm. hired someone I knew. Mm -hmm. A known quantity. Yep. I knew who I was getting. Uh, how many people work for you at the moment? Uh, there's 14 of us. 
Okay, so at 14, it's quite difficult to manage everybody individually. It is, yes. So there comes a point where it goes from you managing one, two, three, four, to which you actually have to get somebody else to help you with the managing Mm -hmm. of the team. So you're now managing managers. Yep. And that hat changes probably from a management hat to a leadership. Mm -hmm. Have you found that process? So the unique thing about law firms, which is a little bit different from other types of businesses, is that there is a natural hierarchy within a law firm based on levels of experience. Lawyers tend to work directly with a secretary, um, so they are grouped within teams. So what tends to happen is that the lawyer and the secretary work as a, a model team. Okay. So it naturally creates a second shelf automatically. So you've got the teams that are working together and then the lawyers reporting directly back to me. So managing 14 people in itself is not what I actually do on a daily basis. I manage five teams. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So it's a little bit different, but I do get assistance um, externally as well with all of the HR issues and the contracts, and we have a lawyer that does all of those kind of things for us. Yep. Um, but from a day-to-day management perspective, um, we still have whole office meetings Great. Um, where we all get together. Generally, we laugh most of the meetings. <laughs> I don't imagine. know how much we actually achieve. We call that corporate culture. Yes, that's right. um, And good. then we have, I have meetings with individual lawyers. How are your matters going? Where are they at? What are we doing? So we're not yet at the point where we need to put in a practice manager, um, but there will be a point where it will become necessary for me to bring in a third party for a practice management perspective who then deals directly with me. Okay. Mm. And to start carrying some of that Yes, there are lots of firms who have practice managers, but they tend to be a bit larger than we are. Yep, okay. Do you have a a, a time frame or goal on on when you're looking to achieve that, or are you just doing natural? I'm a bit of this believer in the universe delivering what you need when you need it. Um, So I'm not working to a time frame or a goal, but um, I believe that when I'm at the point where I need one, the universe will present that opportunity to me. And you'll follow that pathway. Yes, I will. If you're enjoying our podcast, there's something you can do that'll really help us out. And that is post a review in iTunes. It's one of the best ways to spread our podcast far and wide. Why not press pause and do it now? And if you've been encouraged by this episode, we'd love you to share it with a friend. So your team are 100% women. There's one man. There is. There's one man. But yes, at the moment, <laughs> we are we are nearly all women. All of our lawyers are females. So okay. our HR manager is a male. We did have males previously employed. It's just naturally females tend to move towards us because of the work-life balance we offer is very valuable to them. Right. So tell mm. me about work-life balance because that's a thing that comes up over and over again. How does one balance work and life? is the eternal question that every mother and every father asks themselves every day. What I try to do from a business perspective is provide my staff with opportunities if they want to take that. So part-time work, modified hours, breaking their day up so they finish at two o'clock, pick their child up from school, and when they put them to bed, they work their hours at night. Mm. Um, We have all sorts of technology in place that allows my staff to work anywhere. They can appear in court from their garage or their car or the park if they wanted to because we've got these systems set up now, um, everything's virtual. Um, So I genuinely believe in work-life balance, especially for lawyers. It's a terrible job sometimes. Um, And so we need to be able to remember that we are human and our families love us and the most important job is to be there for those that you love. So that's clearly a personal value of yours. It is, yeah. uh, Which you've brought into your business. Correct. And um, one of our four written values is family. Mm. So that's something that we've implemented as well. And allowing flexibility is so wonderful, 
Uh, but it presents some challenges as well. Overall, though, I, th- I think, you know, we're on the right side of the ledger by a long way. I think mm-hmm. we win. And there's definitely people out there who are looking for that. They're saying, maybe I'm a mum, I've got some kids, I want a career, I want to do something interesting, but I don't want to sacrifice my children on the altar of my career. I want to get that balanced right. Yeah. And so there's some terrific people out there. It's just a little hint to those listening. There's some terrific people out there. If you're prepared to make a flexible workplace, you're going to get some... That's my experience. Yeah, that's ours too. When we started offering all of these things and I was like come and work with us because here's all the things we can do for you. Here's the opportunities. If you choose to take them, that's your decision, but here's the opportunities we have. You want flexible hours? You've got it. You want to work from home sometimes? You've got it. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to pick your kid up from school in the afternoon? You've got it. Yeah. Um, I always think of relationships with employers as, um, you know, what I give, they give back. We have great loyalty within our... Street. Yep. Yeah, we have great loyalty within our office. Everybody cares for everybody. Everybody's got each other's back. We're a team. We're not individuals. Everybody will chip in when it needs to be done. And everybody understands that they've got different priorities, um, that someone might work different hours because they want to be home in the afternoon with their child when they pick them up from school. And that's something that it's applauded. Yeah. Yeah, it's valued. Yeah. It really is. And it has to come from the top. Yeah. Have you ever had an experience where there's someone in the team who's not quite pulling their weight or maybe a bit more interested in themselves than the team? Not really. Um, I mean, there's always difference in personalities. Yeah. And if there were any issues, I would address that with that person. Because if you have one person that doesn't follow those values, that can put the whole team out. So I do watch that carefully to make sure that no one person is creating any problems within the pretty great corporate environment that we have but personally I haven't experienced anything significant yeah wonderful just lucky perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> well I think what you've done though is defined a culture and then attracted people that fit and then surprise surprise it works what's interesting is when we do ads and we advertise on seek for a job um, if you ever read one of our advertisements it's not a law firm advertisement right there is a lot of jokes in it it's very jovial it says in there one of the requirements of having a job with us is you must have a a great sense of humor um it's all about why we're amazing for you not why you should apply for us so here's all the wonderful things about us and if this sounds like what you want to be part of so you're going to attract the right people but you're going to push away the wrong people too well because there's a lot of people who would read that and think oh that's not for me no the corporate animals who are looking to yeah. Put something on their resume and not not the not one. not for them. No, thank you. <laughs> so you're a thriving business now, but I'm sure there's been some growing pains. Mm. Um, when you start out, you think you got it all covered, and Don't you? <laughs> and then you realise how hard it is. Tell me about some of the challenges getting off the ground. So. I have a very good friend who is a very successful business owner and she gave me some amazing advice when I first started and she told me, you think the first 12 months is hard, (laughs) the second year is the year that will break you. Okay. Um, Because I was at the point where I was like, "This this is not too bad and that's when she told me, year two is the hardest year and I have to agree with her. It's when the bazzers kick in and you start earning income and you pay things in advance and you've got all of the follow through and you might not have created as much cash flow as you need to do that because you're growing so rapidly and there's not a backlog created from the previous work you've done and things like that. So getting it off the ground because I'm a super passionate person, which you know from dealing with me, um, to me that's exciting. That was awesome. 
getting in there, giving it a go, throwing my hat at it, having a grand opening party. Yes. You know, putting on a show <laughs> right up my alley. Um, so that part was great. But when it came to the transitioning part of business, so I have a theory, which is that businesses transition at certain points where you have to move from a type of business to a different type yes. of business. That's the points in which you will stumble because you've got to feel your way through those. And you had a friend who could look at those those steps, those levels and say, hey, Amanda, watch out for this. Mm. So she's the one that warned me about the tax. Okay. <laughs> and I thank her for that daily because I learned some valuable lessons from her. She also told me lots of things about business and she gave me some really good advice, which I still heed yes. today. And I pass on to others, in fact. I say to people, here's some great advice I got. You use it too, because it was really good. Yeah, yeah. very helpful. <laughs> uh, it's so helpful to have someone that's gone before yeah. you. Um, why reinvent the wheel when someone, someone else has done the suffering? Exactly. You might as well learn from that. Exactly. Some firms remain small, but you're quite large and still growing. What would you say is the key to that growth? I think it all depends on what the practitioner who runs the firm wants. Um, I meet lots of people who just want to be themselves in a secretary. I meet people who want to grow rapidly um, and have a lot of hunger for success and drive. Um, and I have other people who take a more holistic approach. I think it depends on what the practitioner wants from their business or what any person wants from their business as to where it goes. Um, for me, I think the growth in our success was the quality of what we were providing for the people in Western Sydney. At the time um, when we broke into the market, I was the only one offering all of these niche options that weren't here previously, a, a female specialist. I was offering very specific and tailored advice. I was well known in the community, in my local community, because I'd worked here for a long time. Yeah. So that was also good because I already had a presence. Okay. I'd been into the city and I'd come back. Yeah. Um, and people that I had helped five years earlier came and found me. And I still have people now, 15 years later, and I've done three divorces for them. Okay. And I say, why are you back again? <laughs> Did you not learn from one and two? But um, I have a th uh, my thoughts are is that lawyers are a bit like doctors. Once someone finds someone that they like, they right. stick with they you. With yeah, and people trust us. Yes. They really do. So that relationship yeah. uh, that you create. I'm proud of that, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. You said you're passionate about building a business. Mm. How much of that is just building relationships? A lot. With your staff, with your customers? I'm a people person. Yes. I thrive on engaging with people. Um, I love one-on-one -on -one with people. I like to be part of people's lives. That is part of what makes being a business owner amazing. I help so many people. And it's not about the law, it's actually the fact that I make relationships with people. I see people at Bunnings that I've helped. Yes. I see, yep. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been walking down the aisle of Bunnings and a client smiled at me or waved at me and things yep. like that. So um, I have lots of long-term relationships that have come from business that I value deeply. I, um, I genuinely believe the best way to grow as a business is by putting people first. You get that bit right. Uh, the rest can follow. I agree. Originally you wanted to be an artist. I did. What sort of artist? I'm a painter. Oh, Botanic, really? Botanical art, yes. Fantastic. Yes. Do you still paint? Uh, not so much anymore. <laughs> um, so I promised myself when my family is grown up that um, I will build myself an art studio and I will start painting again. But right now I make sure any minute I'm not at work I'm at home. Yes. 
for a passionate, driven, ambitious, entrepreneurial person like yourself, mm. how do you relax, rest, recreate, uh, stop? Do you, do, you, do you ever stop? I do not stop. Okay. Except for yoga and meditation, um, okay. which I do. I am big on exercise and yoga is my only space where I'm able to quiet my mind sufficiently to regroup. It's also after yoga when I come with my best ideas. Right, so that's, yes. the, that's the thing. You, like the word recreation is, comes from recreate and there's the word create in there. There is. Yes. There's, so a, we, there's a big joke in my office that every time Amanda goes on a holiday, she comes yeah. back with a new business. And they're all terrified? Uh, yes. I only just recently came back from a holiday and everyone was sitting on the edge of their yeah. chairs. What has she done now? And I said, oh, actually, I've decided 2020 was enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I really love that. I, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? I'll buy domain names while I'm on holidays <laughs> and it pings back to accounts. Bing, bing, bing. And she's like, no. She We're gets selling barbecues? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm the same. I'll get a business idea. Yes. I'll talk to April about it. Yes. Talk to my coach about it. Yes. And they're very good at lovingly and politely saying, it sounds like a lot of fun, but the main thing is the online co. It's doing really well. well. If you go and do this other thing, it might not do as well because you're going to take your eye off the ball onto the new True. fun, shiny toy. Mm. How do you balance as a itchy entrepreneur for want of a better word mm. how do you scratch that itch without good question sort of burning down how do you the... scratch that itch that's what i'd <laughs> like to know because i could learn from you at this point <laughs> right the thing i've tried to do is i think i'm looking for adventure i think i need a new i need to go on a new journey and what i'm trying my best to do is to do adventures in, in my business, business instead of out of my business mm. the ideas still pop up i had one a couple of days ago, uh, I said to April, does this sound like a terrible idea? Which is me saying, this is a we shouldn't do this. But anyway, I've got to get it out there. That's been my answer. Mm. I'm not sure that's a perfect cure. Look, my husband always says, think about it for a few weeks okay. and then we'll talk about it. And I think he's learned that if it's a good one, it sticks around okay. for long enough. Um, so... I like to have my fingers in many pies. I get very, bored is not the word, but I, I like adventure too. I like to be stimulated. I like to be thinking. I like to be problem solving. Yes. Maybe that's why I'm a lawyer. That, it, that to me is exciting. New adventures are exciting. Yes. Collaborating with other people is exciting. Yeah, I'm totally I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Come to me with ideas, I say, <laughs> and let's do it together. <laughs> yes. You and I should never catch up for coffee. Never. That would be terrible. <laughs> Our staff would hate us. I talk to business owners every day about their marketing, and the consistent feedback is that they feel lost in the digital marketing world. Usually, they've got someone to have a go at some SEO, Google Ads, or social media, but they often don't know what work is even being done and they can't see any results. This is where our team and I can help with our digital marketing playbook. Over the past 10 years, we've designed a process to help you achieve your business goals by speaking to the right people at the right time with the right message. We analyze your competitors, create the unique voice you should use in the marketplace, map out your customer's path to purchase, and then create expert search, social media, and nurture strategies to attract the right people to your business. This is all underpinned by our belief that the best digital marketing puts people first. If you need help to get your marketing on the straight and narrow, why not drop us a line at theonlineco.net 
You can have a quick chat to one of our team to see how we can best support you in growing your business. In any business that's successful, it's gone through some tough times. It has, yeah. It's not a if, it's a when, and I think the tough times will often define you. What's been the toughest time of the last eight years for you? Realistically, I think it's been, um, there's been two that I see. One was COVID that recently hit, um, and it hit all industries. But for family lawyers, it was particularly difficult because nobody knew what was happening. I would say that a lot of firms, including ours, fell off what we call a fiscal cliff. The work dried up instantly um, because families didn't know what was happening. People were worried about their jobs. Um, unless their matter was extremely urgent or they were already on foot, people just didn't have the money to pay a lawyer. Yeah. And so a lot of people stayed together during that COVID period. Okay. Um, but then we saw an explosion when the restrictions were um, lifted. A lot of people had been stuck together in a house okay. for a very long period of time. But there was a three or four months where everybody was pretty concerned. But luckily for me, um, my amazing team, we actually all worked together. Um, we all took a hit. We all agreed to the path and action as a team and everybody had each other's backs and we managed to get through basically unscathed. Yeah, um, wonderful. Which is really down to my staff yeah. more than anything. I'm a believer in opening up to my staff and saying, here's our problems, what do you all think? And yes. getting their feedback because there are a lot wiser minds in my office than myself. Um, and other people's perspectives are very different and I learn so much from them every day. Yeah. Um, They'll probably tell you I drive them nuts every day, but I learn a lot from them. And the other kind of difficulty was for me was we moved from a period at the beginning of the business where because the business was in its infancy, I hired a lot of junior staff and then making this realisation that investing in senior, highly experienced staff who cost five times as much as a junior staff member um, is actually the wisest thing that you can do and making that transition of understanding that if I pay someone who's really good at their job yep. it's not scary because they will pay you dividends because they are so good at their job. In law specifically juniors take a lot of time of mentoring Okay. Um, and when you run so many juniors in an office what happens is the senior solicitor ends up doing a lot to mentor and not very much work and so there's this knock-on effect that it affects productivity. Uh, right. So there's a point where I realised actually I need, I'm hiring the wrong people, I'm hiring juniors and I love them all yeah. and I kept them all, yeah. I didn't get rid of anybody, um, but I realised I need to start hiring more experienced people and with that in law comes the fact that hiring experienced people is difficult, especially in Western Sydney. Difficult in terms of there's not many people around? No, there's okay. not. So family pool. lawyers, for example, burn out very quickly. Um, okay. So there's not a lot of senior family lawyers around and good ones are very hard to find. And if they are senior good ones, generally they've got their own firm or they're a partner somewhere. Right. So getting good people, which I have now, and can I tell you I'm blessed immensely yeah. with all of my lawyers. They are amazing at their jobs. Um, moving and transitioning to a practice where everybody is senior. My whole office is senior now. I think I'm one of the youngest people in my office. Okay. Um, so their skill level is exceptional. And from that has come massive growth, but it was a learning curve for me to understand that there was this transition I had to do. And I learned it the hard way. Yes. When I was working 120 hours a week and I couldn't understand why. Yeah. And then when I realized how much time I was investing and then the juniors would get poached because other firms would be like, geez, they're really good now. 
Yeah. And then okay. just taught them so well. Yeah. Um, and then I'd be back to square one and I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong here? And then I realised, I'm thinking about the wage, I'm not thinking about the quality of okay. what they produce. Okay, so that was quite a um, paradigm shift. It was a massive you. paradigm shift, yes. Yes. And it's come out of pain. It did, yeah. yes. It was one of the hardest periods of business I've ever been through. I almost hung my boots up at one point. Is that like four years ago? Or? Uh, yeah, probably actually. Yeah. It was three or four years into running the business and there was a point where I said to um, my family, okay, we're moving to Queensland, packing up and going. <laughs> Let's shut up shop, but... Um, those heads that have always been the ones that have supported me and the family, my friends, um, said to me, no, no, you've got this. Oh, I think it's a truth that out of pain and suffering, often the good learnings come because you because something's wrong. That's but, right. But pain's been caused by something wrong. Correct. And when you figure out what that is... Yes. ..and you fix it, that's often the next step. It is. Huge growth following that, can I tell you? Yes. Business well, growth went exponential. All of my big wins have been on the back of some sort of heartache, horrible something. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think it is an encouragement to people listening. If you're in one of those at the moment, try and focus on something good is coming. Something good is coming it is. out of this. It is. Yeah. And I've learned that now. So when something happens, when COVID hit, it was terribly stressful. But you know what we did? I said to my staff, we're going to pivot. We're going to change. This is an opportunity to do things differently. Yes. Law has been stuck doing the same thing every day, you know, for the last hundred years. We still lawyer the same way we did a hundred years yes. ago. <laughs> this is an opportunity for us to take time to work out how can we pivot and make our business more successful? What can we do here? Now that we have a lull and an opportunity to grow, let's take that by the, you know, bull by the horns and go for it. Yes, I remember in lockdown, you know, cooking food, you know, on a Saturday night going, we need to change, we need to pivot. And then the ideas came and the team brought them. Mm -hmm. And we probably went up a couple of levels. What was it that you changed? What was the pivot look like for you guys? So the pivot for us was changing the way we delivered our services. We worked a lot on the website, which you would know, um, yes. well, Rich would know, um, who looks after through the online co. I got involved in legal chatbots that gather information and intake with clients at night. So you put your kids to bed, you hop online, you do your intake, you give all your information to the lawyer, the lawyer's prepared for their conference with you. We changed to Zoom conferences, which wasn't something lawyers did previously. No. So we went all online and we're still online now because most clients prefer it because they yeah. can take an hour off, they can take their lunch break at work. It's better all They don't have to travel all the way home from the office to come and see us anymore. Yep, take half a day off. Yeah, and, well, yeah, so basically our pivot was more about the delivery of services and the use of technology. We started instant messaging with clients. Okay. We started doing, like, offering lots of things we hadn't offered before. Um, and having a more interactive website that just didn't have information in it. Um, I built a lot of chatbots that work through legal issues and gather information. I spent a lot of time doing that during the period. So that's really where we pivoted from that perspective. And uh, that, that might drive your next five years of growth. It's, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it'll look like? Uh, there's two types of businesses that went through COVID. Some sort of bunkered down and waited for it to finish. And others said, we're gonna make some wins out of this. Yeah. So congratulations on being one of them. Oh, we tried. <laughs> yeah. And well done on giving credit to your team because um, that's probably true, but it's also credit to you for leading them in a way that allows them to come up with ideas. Well, thanks. It's not um, why I do it, but thank you. <laughs> no. Um, there's a humility to say, I'm not the smartest person in the room. Maybe I'm the smartest at one thing, 
but there's 14 other people who are probably smarter at 14 other things than I am. Exactly. And when you put that together, you're forced to be reckoned with. The, I'm the captain of the ship, I've got all the answers, is a pretty bad way to run a business. I agree. <laughs> I always think that um, whether or not you're the captain of the ship or not, without your shipmates, you, you'd be going nowhere. Yeah. I also believe in outsourcing work when it's not my area of expertise. Yes. When I'm so good at doing my job being a lawyer, why would I spend my time doing something I don't understand when I can pay somebody to do that who is excellent at that job? Yes. I talk to a lot of business owners about this all the time um, and they say, oh, I can't afford for someone to do my socials. I can't afford for someone to do my search engine optimization. I can't afford this, I can't afford that. And I'm like, well, how many hours do you spend doing it yourself? Yes. Let's look at that. Let's just work that out from a monetary basis, yeah. right? And you could be working and making money, for example, as a lawyer. So let's say your hourly rate's $300 and you do five hours a week. It's $1,500 a week. Yeah. Yeah? So you could easily pay a social media person to do that. And for $1,500, what they could deliver was exceptional. Yeah, massive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did I do the math right there? I think so. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> Since it's on a podcast and we can't take it back. Yes. <laughs> Now, you get up to lots of fun things, you're winning awards and, you know, uh, I don't know if fun is one of your values, it certainly comes across as something. Yes. Um, tell me about some of the awards, achievements, you know, silly stuff you get up to that uh, just makes life joyful. Well, I'm told that I'm the ringleader in the office for all shenanigans. Um, I often get sent back to my office and told to behave yourself by my yeah. staff. So that is a regular occurrence. I live for joy um, yeah. and I like to laugh and I like to have a good time. So we do, we have won lots of awards and received lots of accolades. The first award I ever received, I remember going back to my car and crying. I couldn't believe that someone would give me an award. Yeah. I was just blown away. Um, and then when we came back the next day, the whole office went crazy and yeah. we cracked the champagne and it was on for <laughs> young and old. I don't think any work got done that day. Um, but I believe in um, having fun in the workplace and culture. So we do a lot of things as a team. We, um, we do a lot of socialising. It's not compulsory. I don't yeah. expect my staff to. But even when COVID happened, um, I told everyone to work from home, but somehow everyone ended up back at the office and I never asked a oh, single okay. person to come back and everyone just came back and within two weeks the whole office was back um, right. because everybody missed each other yeah. so much because we do have a lot of fun at work. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. We started doing Friday afternoon drinks on Zoom. We'd oh, yeah, did you? We'd all at 4.30 and, <laughs> and have a beer together and discuss the week. Yeah. Um, and it was quite healing at that time because we couldn't all come together. No. But, yeah. Um, so... Entering awards, is it a strategy or something you fell into? It wasn't actually a strategy. I saw one of my colleagues enter into an award and I thought, you know what, I'll just throw my hat in the ring. And we won professional services for our local area and that was a pretty special night. And then the year after that, I won business person of the year for the area. And then I well also done. got a few other awards, which I didn't apply for. I won like businesswoman of the year and things like that in my local area. And from that's come lots of opportunities for me. I've been asked to speak at the NAB International Women's Day presentation. I do lots of talking. From my exposure, I've been able to reach out and help other business people, but specifically business women are quite responsive. Yeah. Um, and it's also meant that I've been involved a lot in my local community because I provide a lot of materials for small business owners and help them with their estate planning because a lot of small business owners don't think about what happens if they can't run their business right. anymore and things like that. Tell me about the big success. The 
you know, the times where you... That make it worth it? Yes. <laughs> For me, the mountaintop moments are not even about me. It's about my team, when yeah. my team is happy, yeah. when my team is having a great time at work. That's when I feel like I've done a good job. Yeah, great. For me, that's what it's about. It's about my people and it's about the people we look after. There's mountaintop moments with law all the time, you know, when you win really? that case, yes. when that child sees their dad or their mum for the first time in 12 months, things yes. like that. They're your mountaintops in law, but then from a business perspective, the mountaintops aren't about winning awards. Sure, no. it was great. Yeah, and here yeah. I cried and I thought, oh my God, <laughs> someone sees me. I'm seen, yeah. I, you know, someone can see I'm working really hard. But it was more, for me, it's knowing my staff love coming to work. Yes. Having an afternoon where everyone just has a great time together. Yes. That kind of thing is mountaintop. Deeply meaningful. For me, yeah. Yes. And possibly people will look at mountaintops as saying, you know, I've got X dollars in the bank. Absolutely. Or, you know, we've hired this many staff or we've gone for this many years. But possibly there's a lot of things that we maybe classify lower. Like what you're saying, the team's happy, the, the unity's high. Maybe smaller, but highly valuable and worth, for me it is. worth celebrating. For me it is. I've never been a figure person. I've never set goals based on I want this many staff or I want to make this much money. It's actually never been about that for me. I wanted an environment where I loved coming to work and that's what I built. Yes. I built somewhere where every day I'm happy to be here. Yes. And what's more valuable than that? Yeah. That's a joyful life. That's what the aim is. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. You have been open and hilarious and wise, and we just really appreciate your input. I hope people listening have uh, learned a lot and been inspired. Thank you so much. And to everyone that's a small business owner listening to this podcast, whenever times get tough, remember that around the corner will be an opportunity and the universe will deliver what you need when you need it. Absolutely. Tough mm. times lead to good times. True. Well, how about Amanda Little? She's like a shot in the arm of energy. Uh, you can find out more about her work at amandalittleandassociates.com.au. Jess, what did you learn from that? Oh, apart from feeling energised, that was great. I learned so much. I think the biggest thing I learned from was Amanda's appreciation of her staff. Yeah, she loves them. She, she absolutely loves them. There's so many references to her team throughout that interview that you just think the people who work for her must absolutely just love working there. Yeah, I, I would say it's a really crazy, fun, hard-working, high-yield kind of environment. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, testament to that is when you asked her about her mountaintop moment, her answer was to do with her team. Yeah, very insightful. We always talk about the best way to grow a small or medium business is through putting people first, and I guess she's just absolutely demonstrated that. She's such a unique person in that industry. I mean, it's a heavy compliance industry. You have to tick so many boxes. And if you don't, you can lose your license. There's all sorts of things you got to do. So kind of creating a fun, vibrant environment in that space is just awesome. And from a marketing perspective, just to be out of the box, fun, uh, to have all of those things in your practice just means she really sticks out from the crowd. Well, I really hope that you're inspired by Amanda and that you learnt something and potentially have a couple of uh, tips and tricks like registering domain names on holidays. Take that one home to the bank. Next week, we're joined by two couples who together run Limcora Group. It's a great Aussie success story of a little family plumbing company handed from father to son that has seen incredible growth over the past decade. 
What was a team of six has grown to now over 60, working on major development projects both in Sydney and interstate. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. It's a really warm, open chat where you'll hear some of the keys to their growth and the challenges they faced and how two couples can run a big business together and still stay the best of friends. This episode of Getting to the Heart of Business was brought to you by The Online Co. It was produced by Claire Bruce. The music was by Harry Parnwell. And you can find us at theonlineco.net. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, feel free to share it with someone who would benefit from it. And we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review.